Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by the fifth-year captain of the UConn women's hockey team, Corinne Tormala. Corinne, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, and how's everything going? Everything's going pretty good. Home for the summer, so that's a little sad, but getting into the hang of things here. And how has your offseason been going so far? Do you have any plans this summer, whether it's hockey-related or not? Yeah, it's been going pretty good, pretty typical, just getting into hockey workouts in the summer, going to hop on the ice soon and stick handling shooting. But other than that, I might travel a lot. I used to live in Wisconsin, so I'll probably head down there a little bit. And then maybe before I go back to school, I might go visit my brother in Hawaii. He lives there. So oh, that's awesome. A vacation before the whole yeah. season starts. Definitely got to make some excuses to go down there sometimes. So yeah, I agree. Now, in regards to your training, what what are you and your team specifically focusing on to get ready uh, for the upcoming season? Nothing in particular. I think we're just focusing on what we've always done. We trust each other when we go home in the summer to just do what we think is right for each of us. We each have our own trainers. Some people are heading back to campus in July to just start training. That's something new that we've been doing this year. I will not be just because I'm working here and I have my own routine, so I'll stay here. But I think a lot of us are just focusing on strength and conditioning because during the year, once you get into the swing of games, you have so many games going on, you don't have time to work on that stuff. So just really focusing on our strength and conditioning before we get back, just so we can hop right on the ice and get to work before the season starts. Cause we have a game in September. So pretty quick turnaround there. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously following your team, it seems like you guys have been having some fun with your spring workouts. Uh, talk about that. Cause it looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, we call them gut checks. So it's called Gut Check Friday. I mean, other than that, we work out Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then Friday is our gut check. And the other three days are just kind of lift and agility stuff. But on Friday, it's more team competition days. And they call it gut check because some people throw up. I don't know. It's just what it is. Um, But for us, it's really fun just because it is something other than just lifting because you do it for so long during the spring season. Or not a long time. It's like three weeks or four weeks, but it's nice to have a little bit of a change. So we got to do that. And usually it's outside, sometimes inside, but it's just a little change up for us, which is always really fun. Have you ever thrown up during Gut Check Friday or no? I have not. I only, I think I've had to do, because of COVID, we didn't have a lot of opportunities to do Gut Check. So I think I've had two full spring seasons, maybe three. So I haven't had to do it a lot, but I haven't thrown up. Other people have, but you kind of find out how to prepare for it over the years and what to eat, what not to eat, how much to hydrate. So yeah. it depends on how familiar you are with it. Now I saw that you guys did a scavenger hunt with the men's team. That looked like a lot of fun. Did your team win? My team at the beginning, we had to do the Yukon fight song. So you had to sing the Yukon fight song and whoever sang it best got to go on the course first. So my team won that, but we ended up getting second place. So the head start didn't really help that much, but it was a really good time. And that's kind of another sort of thing that we did outside of just lifting that helped to kind of have some fun in the spring season. Well, the video looked like a lot of fun. And I liked the one group that had to take, someone had to take a picture of them. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, just like someone random going to class and you have yeah. to do that. that was a lot of fun. I was wearing a chest mount, like the GoPro <laughs> one. So they had to take a picture because when you took a picture, you got a certain number of seconds docked off. So that was fun too, but it was a good time. Now, I want to transition and talk about the beginning of your hockey career and sort of work all the way up to where you are today. So doing research on yourself, it says that you're from Chashville, Michigan, and then it also said you're from Sussex, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So where did you grow up and how did you start playing hockey? 
Yeah, so I actually lived eight years of my life in Arizona and I started playing hockey there. I'm pretty sure it's from my brothers and my dad. They both played and I have an older brother, a younger brother. So I think my younger brother probably got me into that. And that's just something that I followed with. But then we moved to Wisconsin and I grew up mostly there. I just list Chassel on my roster because that's where I currently come home in the summers too. So I just figured I'd put that there. But growing up there, Wisconsin and Michigan, are they have a lot of hockey going on usually more so in Michigan than Wisconsin, I think. But there are limited opportunities for girls hockey in Wisconsin, but I definitely made it work. So you just got to find the right opportunities and go from there. Who was your favorite player growing up? Did you watch any hockey as a kid? Yeah, I I didn't. I watched hockey, but I never really watched players, if that makes sense. Uh, weird enough, I feel like my brother was maybe the player I watched the most because he was in high school hockey and he actually played for the Milwaukee Junior Admirals a few years when I was growing up. So I got to watch him the most. And other than that, I watched the Olympics and NHL, but I never really looked for a player. I just watched the hockey in general. So I don't know if that's a good answer, but that's my answer. So it's a good wholesome answer though, your brother. Yeah. Yeah. It's always fun to watch your brothers too, because then they're with you and like we would shoot together in our backyard. So it's just the little things that I looked up to him for. And before UConn, you played for the Milwaukee Junior Admirals. And like you were saying, there was a limited opportunity for women's hockey where you grew up. So how did you get the opportunity to join the Admirals and be a part of that organization? Yeah, so I think it was seventh grade I decided to transition from men's hockey or youth men's hockey, whatever it was, because you can only play that in that for so long. So I decided to transition. And for Milwaukee, it was just a tryout. And that was the closest to me at the time. I didn't really think about any other opportunities so I ended up going there and then after that I left to go to CYA Chicago Young Americans I kind of bounced around for a little bit just because there's so many there are not a lot of opportunities but you kind of just try them out and then I played for the Madison Capitals and I ended up coming back my sophomore year of high school to the Milwaukee Junior Admirals to finish out my last three years and I really liked the organization the coach that ended up coaching me for the last three years was Brian Smith and he was really awesome and I think he is the reason for why I ended up at at UConn for the most part. And how did your experience with the Admirals help prepare you for college hockey with UConn? I'd say it prepared me very well. The Admirals organization isn't a very developed organization or at the time that I was playing there I'm not sure how it is now but when you compare it to teams like Mission and all of those other teams that you travel to go see it's definitely more of a developmental program So the opportunities that I got to prepare me for college hockey were through traveling to go compete against other teams. Like I remember playing Canadian teams and I was like, this is perfect because obviously a lot of it that those teams have D1 commits and D3 commits and people are just really dedicated to the sport. So also with a less developed team, you kind of fall into leadership roles and which kind of helped me also developed to being a leader at UConn. So overall, my time there was great and I really had a fun time. What's like the best memory you have with the Admirals when you look back on it now? It's kind of weird because I think my favorite memory was I broke my collarbone twice when I was there on my senior year. And sometimes when you play hockey so much, you forget about how fun it is and you kind of just go game after game and just nobody wants to be on the sidelines, but to be able to just kind of take everything in instead of being so stressed about the game be with your teammates and travel with them was an experience I loved. But then also, I think it was my sophomore year, we beat Mission, which is kind of a big deal. I don't know if 
the Milwaukee Junior Admirals ever beat mission before that day. So that was really exciting because we had a good team then too. Now, doing research on yourself as well, it said that you also played lacrosse for three years for your high school and you guys won uh, three state championships. I want to ask you, what was your lacrosse experience like and how did it help you uh, become a better hockey player? My lacrosse experience was really fun and I still think about it to this day just because UConn lacrosse is very big. I have a lot of friends on that team, so we watch them a lot and Every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I miss it. I wish maybe I would have tried that route too. But being so committed to hockey was just something that I had to stay with. But my experience, it's pretty translational. The two sports, very team oriented, a lot of plays that you could set up, assists, goals, all of that. And just the hand-eye coordination of catching and receiving and shooting was also similar. So that was nice too. And I look back and I'm like, oh, maybe I should have tried more to play lacrosse, but mm-hmm. it ended up being just the way it is. But it was really fun to win and play a high school sport because I never got to play high school hockey in Wisconsin. So that was really fun too. Would UConn let you play lacrosse and hockey or you can only play one sport at a time? I've never asked and I've never tried. So I guess I would find out if I asked, but I'm sure that something could work out. But again, hockey is such a long season that it would all be about the commitment that each sport was asking of me. So. Yeah. Especially since the overlap with the spring sports doesn't yeah. help. Right. And UConn lacrosse is a very successful program. So I want to be able to commit to them if that ever happens. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was watching the championship game between Boston College and Northwestern, and I've never really been a huge lacrosse guy, but that was a lot of fun. I definitely want to watch more of that sport um, yeah. in the near future. I know it's so different because when I was in high school, there was less contact, all of that, as you can imagine, college hockey too. There's way more contact. And so now I look at it, I'm like, it's so competitive. It's so fun. And everyone Mm -hmm. in college is way better than in high school. So it's a little bit sad to look back, but it is what it is. Yeah, no, I'm definitely now a big women's lacrosse fan. I got to go out to some UConn games, though. I've never seen them play in person. They're very good. Very good team. Now, talk a little bit about your recruitment process to hockey with UConn, and I guess what made you want to go there for other schools you might have looked at? My recruitment journey was pretty short. I'd say I knew I wanted to go to UConn pretty much since the start. I was a very late bloomer. Like, a lot of people were being recruited early on. This is when the recruiting rule wasn't there where you can't be contacted. So some of my friends, like Kate Thurman on my team, committed her freshman year, and My junior year, I think, is when I got into contact with UConn, and going into my junior year, I decided to visit just some schools, hockey East schools in general. I think I wanted to end up on the East Coast, so I just visited them, and nothing official. I just looked around, and I went to UConn. I was like, yeah, I think I would really like to go here, so obviously reached out to the coach. We're talking to them for a while, and they were kind of my last opportunity and the only opportunity I got, which is pretty cool because... They believed in me, not that other teams didn't, but because I was so late in the process, they were like, you're going to need to improve when you come here. Obviously that happened. So it was a really short process, but a stressful one for sure, just because it was so late. And I wanted to go to UConn mainly for the coaches, the coaching staff. And I look back now, I'm like, I don't even remember. People really don't like the Freitas Ice Forum for obvious reasons. I mean, it's small, like when other people play there, they hate it, but I don't even remember thinking about the rank or putting that into any consideration just because the coaching staff was so awesome and the organization and everything. Yeah, absolutely. I liked Freitas a lot. It definitely had a lot of character. I call it the character rank just because it was super old, but like, I don't know. I think it was always a fun place to watch a game because it felt like you were right there, like in the action, which not many rinks you can say that just because they're so big. 
Yes. And when it got packed, it got packed. I mean, it didn't happen very often, but it was always fun when it did. That's kind of crazy because like now you're super successful at UConn and it's crazy that that was the only school that like you looked at and gave you an opportunity. So it's kind of yeah. funny how things work out the way they're supposed to sometimes. I know. And it's it, even now I'm like, holy, I'm coming back for a fifth year. I never thought I would do that in my whole lifetime, but kind of crazy. It's definitely something to be proud of. So. Now, as a freshman, what was like sort of the biggest adjustment you had to make to college hockey? I think just the speed and the physicality. And also understanding that everyone in college hockey is a good player. There's not one, like maybe someone that's less skilled. Everyone's working hard. Everyone's fighting for a position. And even within your team, you realize that there is competition and you hope it's friendly, which it is where I play, but it's just working hard during practice even to earn your spot. And especially the physicality part, like I said, I was late in the process. So catching up in that aspect and being able to compete that way. But I had the skill coming in. I had the IQ. It was just about developing developing my speed and my strength. So yeah. that was the biggest thing. And I would say now you're, the physicality part of your game is one of your strengths, in my opinion, when watching you play. Yeah, you – I mean, in, initially you're, like, very – I'm very tall and lengthy, but once you figure out how to use that to your advantage, it's really good. So definitely something that I've learned throughout the years and that my coaches have helped me use. Now talk about what it's like um, playing in Hockey East and just the competition that you face um, on a weekly basis. Yeah, every year we talk about it because Hockey East is so unpredictable because whether people say it or not, it's you have very high highly skilled teams and you have more unskilled teams within the conference, but talent doesn't necessarily beat worth, work ethic every day. So there are some teams who have less talent that come in work hard against you and you're like whoa how did that happen so every day we just remind ourselves especially my coaches they're like this is hockey yeast. this is crazy like every day you got to show up because one day one team could bring something that you've never seen before and you have to be ready for it and it's really fun to be in that conference though because I don't believe anymore that there's one team that's at the bottom everybody can be at the top or the bottom at this time yeah, and you saw that like one of your final games against Holy Cross, they beat you on the road. Mm -hmm. So it just shows you the parody that's starting to form in Hockey East, which I think is a good thing for the conference and the sport in general. Right. Obviously, you don't want to be beat, but it is what it is. It's cool to see how teams are progressing and just showing that you can't underestimate a team at any time. What's your thoughts on the conference next year? Because it seems like it's wide open with some certain players leaving big teams. That have, I'm just thinking about Northeastern. They had those yeah. Marie Murphy, Mueller, and Arard for the last five years, and they dominated the conference. With them leaving, I feel like it sort of opens the door for some new teams to uh, potentially compete with them and win a tra championship trophy there. Right. I mean, I haven't really thought about it too much just because I don't know what that's looking like or who's coming in or who's leaving, but it's definitely exciting to see what's forming on our team just because we, a lot of our freshmen played last year because we had a young team and they had to step into roles. And we're really excited now because those freshmen have had experience. It's not like they haven't. And so with regards to other teams, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I'm just hoping that we will rise to the expectations that we have for ourselves for next year. And you guys are bringing in some good freshmen in yourself. Some that have, I think like some of the high, most highly talented freshmen in program history are coming in uh, this upcoming season. Cause I know yeah. the U18 uh, world championships and all that, those competitions up in Canada. Yeah. And I know a lot of them are also tall, which is crazy because I've been the tallest one on my team for years besides Kyla and Siobhan. They were two tall people on my team, but it's crazy. They're like coming in at five, eight, five, 11. We're like, Whoa. 
Perfect. Nice to have some tall people around here. I know Chris McKenzie was telling me he was saying that like it's like five eight and taller is like five out of the six players on the freshman class. So he said it's very tall, tall uh, class coming in. Obviously, we've never had a problem. I mean, we have shorter girls on our team, but it's crazy. It's just all of a sudden all these tall girls. So we'll see how it goes. Well, let's talk about your freshman season. So during your freshman year, your team got off to a very slow start, but then picked it up during the second half of the season that allowed you guys to go on a big playoff run. Uh, what was the turning point in your perspective uh, that your team made in, in the in that regular season to sort of uh, lead you guys to the postseason success and run that your team had your freshman year? I, it's hard to remember back that far just because I'm a senior now, but I think one of the biggest things I don't know what happened before that year or how their history turned out at UConn or whatever, how many wins or losses they had. But this year we had an especially long or strong senior and junior class. And then what we really need to figure out were the sophomores and freshmen. And once everybody found their role, I think we realized our potential and finding the right lines to work with, finding the right D pairs, who was starting a net everything. And we didn't realize our potential until later in the season. And then when we did, we decided that we could go really far. And I think a lot of people are really excited about that. And I think that's what got us there because as an organization who's been developing over the years, your confidence gets better and better every year. And even like from the first semester of a season to the second semester, it just completely changes and can grow so much. So it's a good thing and a bad thing. So it is what it is. And in your first playoff series, you guys uh, beat Boston College on the road in the quarterfinals. This is back when there was playoff series, not uh, the one game thing that they have now. But just talk about that upset and what you learned from your first playoff series, playing a tough Boston College team on the road. I think it was during that time I wasn't playing that much. I was a freshman. But what I remember is just never giving up or my teammates never giving up and me never giving up on them. We got to cheer on him remember one of our top players got injured I think I don't remember clearly but anyway what I learned was like to never give up that's pretty cheesy but we fought back having not believed in ourselves at the beginning of the year to now believing in ourselves and I just remember thinking about that and I'm like oh I got to take that into my next four years or next three years here whatever I had and so it was just memorable for me because it was such a good comeback against a very good team now, that season you lost to Northeastern in the hockey's championship game 9-1. to uh, mm -hmm. What did you learn from your first championship game experience that you think has helped you uh, for your next few years when you were with UConn? I think it for sure got the jitters out. I don't, again, I don't know the history before that year. I didn't pay attention to it very much. But I think that was our first maybe title game in a long time or ever. I don't exactly remember. Yes, we lost 1-9. to It is what it is, like I say all the time. But it was also memorable because you're on such a big stage and that was when certain teams were hosting and it was really cool just to be involved in the, the tournament. And you also, as a freshman, you kind of just watch and learn from older players and you kind of see how they carry themselves throughout the game and everyone was nervous and I just am excited to maybe get the opportunity to do that again next year. Yeah, do you think they should let host teams do that again? Because I sort of don't like how the semifinal games are at the same time. With the host, you sort of you got to watch each semifinal game and sort of right. I, I missed that sort of thing. I think it's I understand the whole mice advantage of it, but I do miss the host. And it looks like they're going to continue doing it the way they've been doing it for the last few years. I know. And the other thing is the three game series was always such a good time because, again, any team can win on any day. But 
I don't know. I miss that part. And I also miss the hosting. I don't think they'll go back to it for a while. It's always good for the team that's in first place in hockey. So hopefully we'll move up in the ranks this next year, but sometimes it's hard because some teams have a really awful beginning of their season or not awful, just not as great. And then towards the end of the season, but you don't get as many points. So home ice advantage is not there. So the, really the whole season does count. And I do miss the hosting opportunity. Exactly. I do like the single game elimination though. I feel like that's a lot of fun from a fan perspective. I know it's probably not the same from a player, yeah. perspective, but I do enjoy that part of the playoffs now. It's just kind of crazy because you go from playing a regular season and all of a sudden, I mean, everything counts throughout the season, but it's like do or die now. It's not like you're playing one, one game and mm-hmm. you couldn't go on to the next. It's just done, which everyone at the end of the season should be playing at their best, but some people have bad games, like I say. Yeah, it's always tough when your bad game happens to be like one of the most important games of the season. So, yeah, I agree. Now, during your sophomore year, you like your team, like everyone else, had to deal with a lot of COVID protocols and regulations. My question is, how did you hand your team handle the challenge of playing with no fans and dealing with the inconsistent schedule uh, during your sophomore year? So, like we talked about, the Freitas was not a very bump in place. So, the fan situation wasn't that difficult for us. I think the biggest thing was not having our family there because we do have such a large fan base from our family side that they kind of roadie with us and travel to where we go. Most of our family members are able to do that and to not have them was sad. And again, you look into the stands and there's absolutely nothing there. So you have to find a way to get up for that game that day. And then I also remember sophomore year, I think we played Boston College about six times. So it was fun because we love to play Boston College. But again, you're just playing the same team every time and I think we lost them five times but we were also very motivated in that some leagues weren't even playing like Ivy League wasn't playing and we were just really really just blessed with the opportunity to even play and be on campus and train together and get to get to know each other and I can't even imagine if that whole year was skipped so it was it had its challenges but it gave me a fifth year and a bunch of other people a fifth year too so Exactly. I feel like it must have been weird to, to play in those road games when like the stadium's huge, like BC and UNH, when there's like no one there. That that must be like a weird feeling. I feel like for those for those games in particular, it was silent. And even in, in the freight, it was, like you, it can bounce off the walls, but in Conti Forum, no, nothing. Can't hear <laughs> yeah. anything. Like, so nope. that 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 that's what I felt because I remember watching that playoff game that year, and it was just like so weird not to see anyone there. It was just sort of it felt like sort of a ghost. It was just eerie to watch. And we had to wear our masks a little bit still. It was it was something else for sure. Now, gang, let's talk about your junior year, year, junior year now uh, because you were on one of the best UConn teams of all time, only losing nine times that season and being ranked for the first time in several years. Uh, what was it like being part of a ranked team? And how does your team sort of maintain that, I guess, regular season consistency and handle the pressure of being a ranked team uh, from your junior year. And then obviously last year, sort of continuing that as well. Mm-hmm. To be recognized on the national level is always a fun thing, especially at an organization that's been trying to get recognized for the longest time. But also the point of being on the national level is so that maybe you can get a bid at the end of the year. And sometimes maybe we focused on the rankings too much, but it also really counts at the end of the year. So it was more about winning then being like oh we're number 10 in the country just keep winning and doing all of that and we made it to the championship again that year and unlike our fresh my freshman year we always knew that we could go far from the beginning of the year with the people who were returning we had the Wabix, Natalie Snodgrass a lot of great people 
our team top to bottom was just very, very, very strong. And I think we knew that. And when you know that you just show up every day, motivated to win. And I think that's what we did throughout the whole season, whether we got lost against somebody, we were just like, we got to do the next time. So, and again, regular season counts, but it's really about playoffs too. And I think we took ourselves as far as we could, could have gone. Yeah, and you went on another run to the championship game, beating Boston University and Vermont on the road, but then eventually losing to Northeastern again um, in the championship game. Uh, what did you take away from that championship run heading into uh, this past season? That was, yeah, that's something that you hold on to for a while, especially, you know, you had a great team and you know you could have done it, but you didn't and it is what it is. So from that year to the, this past year that I had, I just, it was just always in the back of my mind. Everyone wants to win a championship. And that's just what I kept thinking about. And um, I don't know, it's tough, but it was always a fun time. Everyone loves playoff hockey and there's still some unfinished business, hopefully that we get to finish someday. So that's what we have to look forward to. Exactly. Especially since like, I think you guys were like the last team out, like, it was like you it was like I'm you're like the 12th team like 11 teams make the tournament like that's I feel like that's probably even the worst part about it is you were just right there to make the tournament for the first time yeah and I think it was when your coaches talk to you about it they're like you should, if we would have won that game we would have been in and it's just one game one goal that could have got you back into the tournament to play for the first time on the NCAA, like the, the tournament stage but it didn't happen, but every year we're growing and it's really cool, especially for future players to come to UConn and be like, they almost made it to the national stage and they're almost so close to winning Hockey East that helps to grow our program even that much more. So it's tough to not have to win, but it's also very cool to have been able to experience that myself. Now, prior to this past season, you were named captain of the team. Uh, what was it like being named the captain, especially of, like you said, a younger UConn team? And what type of leadership did you want to bring? Were you a vocal leader, lead by example type of player? I'm just curious about that. I think with the younger team, I knew that it was going to be a younger team, but I didn't really understand as a new captain how that was going to go. And it definitely had its challenges, as anyone can imagine, because not only was I stepping into the position of captain, but I was also the only captain at the time which doesn't leave me alone because I still have my teammates, like my upperclassmen to help me. But while I was learning my new role, I was also trying to help the freshmen learn their new role. And with anybody coming in, that just takes time. And it wasn't a matter of if they were going to learn their roles, it was just when. So that was definitely difficult, but it was just to have patience with them. And with regards to the captain, being knowing that I was going to be the captain of a younger team, I think it was just important to lead by example. That's how I got nominated in the first place. And they tell you not to change what you do. So I just led by example. And when you lead by example, it motivates those around you. So I just hope to motivate those. And especially as a younger team, they learn from your older players. So that was the hope for me. And then just being inclusive and fostering an inclusive environment. So the freshmen felt included, regardless if they're playing a lot or not a lot, all in between. And obviously next year, you're going you're gonna to have three other captains with you. Does that sort of, how excited are you about that? Is that going to change your leadership, I guess, role at all? Or are you still going to sort of do what you did last year? Or is it going to be more like you can defer a little bit to the assistant captains that you have? I'm definitely decided, excited to defer. I have had my my full share of experience this year. Nothing bad, just more stress than I think I would have imagined. All in a good thing, because now I feel like I'm a better captain than I was before. 
But also I'm really excited to share the opportunity with the other three and to have four of us who have all different experiences, different leadership styles will definitely be helpful because just those little decisions sometimes eat away at you and just to have that group to be able to decide with and lead with. I already feel a little bit less pressure than I did last year. Now, the big story with your team this past season was you guys opened up your new rink called Descano Family Ice Farm. Uh, talk about what it's like playing in the new arena and just how much it's going to help your program uh, for future years. Yeah, it's every time you think about it, you smile just because, again, you go from the freightist to having this huge facility that, well, for us, it's huge, maybe not for the men, but it's really cool. Every time you step on the ice, you're like, wow, this is it. And still, maybe when I go back in the fall, I'm going to be like, oh, I get to play here again. And it's really cool because for our even our first two games, so many people showed up and we're like, oh, maybe it'll die off. But we still have great attendance records. And it's not about the fans. But when you have that energy in a stadium, you realize how much home court advantage counts. And it's really cool to have our family and friends there. And Stores, Connecticut is a very small town, so it gives some people some stuff to do on the weekends. That's awesome. And obviously, I think now having a full season at the new rink is going to be beneficial because I felt like last year was sort of like unknown when you guys were going to finally open up the new rink. It was like Christmas time, then it obviously moved back to January. So it just sort of must be sort of nice to have that clarity of like knowing that you're going to be there the whole year. Yeah. And again, for freshmen, I mean, I opened up the rink. We opened up the rink. And I even when I stepped on the ice, I was nervous and I was like, what's going on? But now we're all comfortable. We're not in unfamiliar territory. And it's just really cool that we get to do that again and for years to come. Now, you're returning for your fifth year. Um, what made you want to use your extra year of eligibility at UConn? And what are your team's goals and expectations heading into next season, especially since you guys lost a really heartbreaking playoff game against BC um, a few months ago? I think for me, there was an individual component and a team component for returning next year. Over my four years, the goal of coming to UConn was just progressively to get better. That's what my coaches asked of me. And I've done that throughout all four years. And I still think I have more to give. I've always been a great defender, but on the offensive side this year, I definitely produced more than I ever have. And so I still think that I have more to give next year. And then on a team component, I think that the team that we're going to have this year is very exciting to think about. And like I said, we have the freshmen who are now more experienced and they're going to only be sophomores. And we have this great class coming in. We have a great foundation that we've built. And I think that this team is going to be very similar to the team that we had my junior year, which is really exciting. And so my indiv the individual and team component is definitely what wanted me, made me want to come back. And you only get to play hockey for so long. And I don't think professional hockey is in, in the runs for me. So I think this is definitely what I wanted to do and yeah how did you improve that offensive part of your game um this past season like what did you work on I'm just curious about that what would you say is like the biggest improvement that led to that success when you're thrown into roles or when you're put into like a captain position you kind of have to put on a brave face no matter the situation and I think that's just what helped me is my confidence went from a little bit to more and it your confidence grows every year, but also just working on skills, working with my coaches, figuring out what my strengths are, because you can only better your strengths and your weaknesses, obviously, but you figure out what your strengths are and some other people don't have that. And I think that just practicing shooting in the summer and stick handling too definitely helped, but that's basically it. And hopefully there's more to come.
So we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment, where I ask you some non-hockey questions to get to know you a little bit more off the ice. First one is what music uh, do you like to listen to? I'd say everything. I don't really have a genre. I mean, there's usually rap before games, EDM, all that stuff, and then in the summertime country. Yeah. But kind of all over the place. I don't really have an artist that I like, and I'm more like songs that artists produce, not necessarily all the songs that an artist produce. So kind of all over the place. That's good. That's good. I don't understand that there are some people out there that can listen to only one specific genre of music. I think that's super cool. Yeah, when people ask me, I'm like, I don't know everything. everything. Yeah. Literally. So I have a playlist for each genre, so I'm I'm with you on that. So Yeah. Now, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, uh, who would it be and why? Um, I don't – I'm not thinking of any famous people. It would probably be my grandma. She passed away my sophomore year of college, which was COVID year. So just to be able to talk to her a little bit again and catch her up on my life would just definitely be fun. What is your favorite hockey photo of yourself when you're at UConn? Because I know you have a lot. Yeah, I think that my favorite one, just because of all the memories that are associated with it, was I think when I scored against Merrimack at Toscano for the opening. That was just so fun because our alumni were there and my family was there and that was the second time I heard the goal song in the new rink, but to hear it again because you scored it is so much fun. And I just threw my hands up and I have that picture and I'm celebrating with Caitlin Yearwood. And it's just, there's so much more associated with it that you can just remember yeah. than just scoring a goal yourself. So I think that would be one of my favorite pictures. My favorite is you uh, with that BC player checking her on the boards to oh. battle. I thought that was super badass. So I, that's my favorite from you. Okay. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. I've seen that. My favorite one probably from last year was, uh, I think it was Jada Habish. She scored and like Kate Thurman, like is like hugging her and like yelling in her face. And I just thought that photo just like exemplifies like pure joy and like what's right. like a goal. And it just shows the camaraderie that your team has. So that's my favorite, like UConn hockey photo from your team. Right. I know most times when some of us score, we just smile so big because it's just so fun. So I think a lot of the pictures you'll see of our team are just smiling, not necessarily a lot of selling yeah well uh, just a lot of hugs too as well yes yeah <laughs> it's always fun now speaking of your teammates uh, who's the funniest on the team oh man um I always have a good time with Kate Thurman she's not coming back next year but she's always fun to joke around with but then I'd say Cameron Wong is a little bit on the crazy side so she's always giggling and laughing and she'll always throw in some jokes here and there make everything lighthearted. so I think she probably is the funniest who has the best style on the team outside of yourself obviously <laughs> I think Riley Grimley or Kim Wong mm-hmm. very different styles but very clean good stuff do you think there's gonna be some new outfits with them next season like did, I know like for big games you guys like to like put out something that like sort of like you want to stand out a little bit I guess right. I know everyone has their moments I can say like Everyone throughout the season has done something. So I think we should expect some good stuff. That's good. That's good. I like the brick wall background too. I think it makes those pregame outfits look cooler. It's, it's right? not like the screen door that you had at Freitas. Like I know. It looks cool. There wasn't a great place to get shots there. Now <laughs> we have this new rink and people are taking pictures of us. We're like, all right, I guess. Whatever works. Now, last non-hockey question is, what's the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week? Uh, I'm reading that book. I don't know who wrote it, but it's like called Hockey Tough. And I'm just reading it because why not? And it just said like, a goal without a plan is just a wish. So obviously it's very motivating and going 
with the season. We all have goals that we've set team-wise and individually. And I think that's the most interesting thing I've seen. Yeah. Mine's just this, mine's just the Stanley. <laughs> mine's just probably just the Stanley Cup final. Um, yeah. Finalized. So I think it's going to be good. And I also think it's interesting that for the first, uh, whoever wins the Stanley Cup final will be the first time in their, I guess, organization's history that they've ever won it. So that's pretty cool too. That's very interesting. I watched the game last night. It was a little bit of a yawn fest. I know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going, I'm done. But I think the Stanley Cup final should be good. It should be some good games. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. I'll watch it for sure. Now, getting back to some hockey questions now for all the younger players that are listening to this, what advice would you give them on what it takes to be a hockey player like yourself? I think just dedication and commitment to whatever you want to do with your life. If you want to play D3, go that route, D1, whatever. Or if you just want to play club hockey, you determine kind of where you're going to take yourself and also comparison is just the enemy. Like we talked about in my recruitment journey, I was very late in the process, but I still got to the same point that many other people did. So don't compare your journey to anyone else's and you determine where you can go from. You can do as much as you want or as little as you want and whatever you put in, you'll get out. So. Now, before we end this interview, do you have any shout outs you want to give and who should we have on the pod next? I think anyone from my team, they're all very interesting. You can get some people are very shy. Some are very outgoing. I'd say any of my captains, anybody like that, but Cam Wong would definitely <laughs> answer some of your questions in a very interesting way. Other than that, I don't know. I'd just say my teammates for now. Awesome. Learn, yeah. I definitely want to learn the motorcycle story with Cam, so I'm saving that question for her. Please. <laughs> that would be so interesting. There's also multiple stories behind that, so I think that's definitely a good idea. Well, thank you so much, Corinne, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. It means so much to myself, and I wish you and your team nothing but the best uh, for next season. Can't wait to go to some games, and uh, have a great summer as well. Take care. Yeah, thank you so much. You, I've been trying hard to keep my cool, but when you need, there's nothing that I can when you're walking in, I know it's true I, it doesn't even matter how hard I try Cause when I hear your voice, my walls come down